0: Hello and welcome to The Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, May the 16th. The main
1: thrust for Senator McCain is trying to step away from what we have in this country, which is employer-sponsored health care.
0: Before we delve into the health policies of Senator John McCain, some headlines from this week's issue of The Lancet dated May the 17th to the 23rd. Encouraging news for the treatment of psoriasis, two randomised trials show how the human monoclonal antibody, ustekinumab, was efficacious and well tolerated. Less good news for the treatment of malignant pleural mesothelioma, a cancer of the lining of the lung. A research article suggests that chemotherapy has no effect on quality of life or mortality when combined with symptom control. In correspondence, a letter from the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine calling for the promotion of healthy urban transport policies, such as walking and cycling, which would help reduce both world oil demand and global food security, not only through less car use overall, but by reducing the excess demands on food and cars from the obese part of the population. Also, look out for editorials on World Hepatitis Day, taking place for the first time on May 19th. Other editorials this week on modernising medical careers in the United Kingdom, and another on the need for more human papillomavirus vaccines. Also look out for seminars on head and neck cancer and prostate cancer. In November this year, the United States will elect a new president to succeed George W. Bush. And while the battle for the Democratic candidate continues, what are the health policies of the Republican candidate, Senator John McCain? In this week's World Report, an article by Todd Zwilich outlines the proposals for Senator John McCain. Earlier, I spoke to Todd on the line from Washington, D.C.
1: The main thrust really for Senator McCain, well, if if you ask Senator McCain, the main thrust is cost, the cost of health care, which indeed Uh, polling shows is the number one concern of American voters when it comes to health care. We can talk about that a little bit later, but in terms of the policy and maybe not the politics, the main thrust for Senator McCain is trying to step away from what we have in this country, which is employer-sponsored health care. This is uh, about 70% of Americans get their health insurance for their employer. For many, many years, really from World War II on, it was a great way for employers large and small to entice workers to come work for them. Employer sponsored health benefits became a staple, in fact, an expected benefit. Well, with health care costs going up seven, eight, nine, ten, maybe even twelve percent per year in the United States, those benefits have become untenable for a lot of employers and they've been increasingly loud uh, in their in their pleas for help from Washington. Republicans have heard those pleas as well. Healthcare is now a Republican issue, not just a Democratic issue. What Senator McCain is trying to do mostly with the tax structure is take away the tax incentives for people to get their health care through their employer, as so many people do. Instead, what what Senator McCain wants to do is tax that health care that you get as a benefit and use the money for tax credits. Right now, if I get a $15,000 health plan from my employer, that's not taxed as income as far as the government's concerned. That's free for me. Well, Senator McCain would tax me for that as though I were making $15,000 in income. That would de-incentivize me get my health care from my employer, instead he would let me or anyone else uh, get a $2,500 tax credit from the government. If I were a family, that would be $5,000, $2,500 for individuals, $5,000 for families. Take that money and shop on the open market for, the in- for any insurance that I want. Um, now the next question, of course, is what can you buy for five thousand? That might be the next. Maybe we want to get into actual costs, but that's what Senator McCain trying to do. He's trying to give, really trying to give employers a way out of the healthcare business. They've been asking for that, and he's also trying to give American consumers more power over their healthcare dollars, so that insurance companies, hospitals, maybe even physicians have to compete harder for the service, compete on quality, certainly compete on price. Uh, and try to inject more competition into the system.
0: Broadly speaking, this obviously contrasts, uh, presumably, with with what a democratic approach would be to healthcare reform. Am I right in saying is is always looking at universal healthcare coverage?
1: The contrast on the healthcare issue are pretty stark between either Senator Clinton and Obama and Senator McCain. Senator McCain's approach is quite targeted. He does not intend or does he claim, in, claim to intend to cover everyone. He's really going after the cost issue, primarily saying we, we can't worry about universal coverage or getting everyone covered if the system is so flawed that covering everyone will simply break the bank. So he's going after the cost issue. He says more competition, more consumers having control over the dollars, as we just talked about, that will help to lower healthcare care costs. He also promotes uh, prevention, better chronic uh, disease care, and he wants to um, change the way Medicare, our health insurance system for the elderly and the disabled, he wants to change the way Medicare pays for treatment so that it's outcome-based. You don't get, right now, physicians in the United States are paid for every little service they provide, every test, every assay, every treatment, every procedure. He says, well, let's not pay for every procedure, let's pay for the treatment of a diabetic patient. If, if they get better, uh, let, let's pay for their entire case and if they get better faster, maybe we'll pay you a bit more. He's trying to change the intense, incentives. The Democrats, on the other hand, start with the premise of universal coverage, that you cannot have fundamental reform in a system that leaves out, well, we're close to 50 million people now who don't have insurance. Their care is, of course, more, more expensive. They start with the premise that covering everyone is the first tenant, both economically and in terms of just equity, human equity. Uh, and that once everyone is covered and in the system, cost can go down because you don't have high-cost outliers who who are who basically don't get their care uh, un- until their diseases, their conditions progress to a point where they're far more expensive. Having them in the system gets you closer. To, uh, an, an nhs or a canadian style system that would be far different it wouldn't be totally government funded but you know, in, in britain everyone is in the system and and because they're in the system and because they have a way to access care they get their care earlier and your your care in britain is cheaper than our care because we in part uh, there are many reasons but in part because we tend to leave care to the end democrats say they recognize that issue more than senator mccain does and those are the two really the, 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 the fundamental demarcation line uh, between them right now.
0: So this is clearly an economically led policy position from Senator McCain, whilst the fact that it's not going to be universal is clearly, from a neutral perspective, a weakness about the policy. Do you think there are any good points, good aspects, pros with the McCain position on health care reform?
1: It's an interesting question because you could see it as a weakness that it's not universal. And of course, if you start with the premise that healthcare should be universal at the outset, then you would see it as a weakness. I went this week to a very interesting forum with some of Washington, D.C.'s top pollsters. Uh, These are the people who take the pulse of of the average public, and they translate that into messages for politicians to really get at the heart of what psychologically voters are really thinking and feeling and how they might vote. And what I learned there was really interesting about Senator McCain's health care plan is in the Democratic primary, when Democrat is running against Democrat and they talk about universal health care and everyone must have coverage, that's a message that's really tailored to core primary Democrat voters. And that's the message we've been seeing up until now because Senator Clinton and Senator Obama don't quite have it settled yet. After this is settled and they go into the general election and one or the other of them is challenging Senator McCain, I think and the pollster I don't think this I was told the pollsters think that message is likely to change a lot both Republican and Democratic pollsters say that their numbers show that voters number one concern number one concern is cost second is uh, is access to health care and peace of mind so if their number one concern is indeed cost we have to remember most Americans do have health insurance we do have many who don't but most do and those that do vote in far far greater numbers than those who don't people without health insurance in general don't vote very much politics I'm afraid can be a bit cynical and, and uh, certainly opportunistic even the Democratic pollsters were praising how well senator mccain has crafted the message on his health care plan no it's not universal yes it does leave some people out yes for five thousand dollars for a family right now you can't buy very much on the u.s market that's a fact you can buy some bare bones high deductible insurance but it's going to leave you exposed to a lot of costs these are all things that may come out during the campaign however john mccain targeting his health care plan on cost on you can keep your insurance if you like it you know most most people do have insurance through their employer and most of them they think the cost is too high but overall they're satisfied with the level of coverage they get he's delivering a cost message and a peace of mind message you don't have to give anything up oh and by the way you don't have to pay more so that those 47 million other people can have coverage regardless of how equitable that may be people I'm afraid tend to be a bit selfish when it really comes down to it. Ask them if they want universal coverage, they'll say yes. Ask them if they want to pay more for it, they start to (laughs) waver. Senator McCain seems to have locked onto that. Now, when the general election comes, I'm positive the Democrats will find ways to expose that the what could be seen as many holes in his plan you can't buy much for the money it's not universal it doesn't fundamentally reform a system that's fundamentally flawed and that is not equitable I don't think you can make an argument that US healthcare is equitable by any sense and I'm sure that they will find effective ways to to, to bring that message out as well
0: if McCain is to become the next president and follow through what he's laying out in terms of his health care proposals. How workable is it? Because presumably you might have a situation where you have a democratically run Congress.
1: Yeah, that, that seems very likely. You're correct. In fact, just yesterday, it's worth noting just yesterday, a very conservative district down in the state of Mississippi that has been Republican, oh, I'm not sure if it's been Democratic for the last 30 years, uh, just went to a Democrat. Now, that's the third straight race straight in the last few weeks from safe Republican districts in special elections, members who've retired or moved on or moved to the Senate that have gone from Republican to Democrat. The only reason I bring it up, most people on both sides of the aisle see that as a harbinger of things to come. The Democrats are expecting a very, very, very strong environment for their race this November. So Congress is already Democratic, and it seems likely that it will be even more so by next January when the new Congress comes in. If Senator McCain does Manage uh, to, to win the White House, however, you're right in a in a very strong Democratic Congress. I think it's safe to say that proposals like he is proposing won't go very far. Now the dynamic changes. If he's president, he has the bully pulpit. He has a lot more power to to push things than he does just being a senator or even a candidate. Uh, so the dynamics could change. However, there are parts of his plan that have been around for a long, long time. One thing Senator McCain wants to do is is. And it's mentioned in the article is he wants to institute association health plans. This would allow people to shop for their insurance in any state, in any of the 50 states across the country. Right now, you can't really do that because health insurance here is really regulated for the most part by the individual states. Insurance companies can certainly do business in all 50 states, but they have to have separate plans because every state has different laws. Senator McCain wants to take that away and say insurance plan can be the same in Washington State versus Oregon versus Florida. Right now, you can't do that. That proposal has been around for years, and Congress, after Congress, after Congress, has rejected it. I don't think there's any reason why an even stronger Democratic Congress would all of a sudden see religion on that issue and pass association health plans. And by the way, uh, in the process, eviscerate consumer protections that are in place under law in all fifty states. Um, so you're right. He would have he would have a tough job of selling it. And I think you're also right that the final version of a McCain health plan would probably look quite a bit different from what it looked like in the campaign. And that's just going to be a political reality.
0: Final quick question, Todd. How would you rate health care as an issue generally among the voters? We have some interesting numbers on that. It.
1: It, 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 it tends to fluctuate. Right now,
0: the two top issues in the U.S. election,
1: and they expect that they will be going forward, are the economy, number one, uh, the war in Iraq, number two. Uh, now, within and, and health care tends to be a distant third or fourth. However, Increasingly, uh, pollsters and candidates and anyone involved in this game recognizes that healthcare care is not so much a discrete issue on its own anymore. It is an economic issue because the issue is about cost in this country. It is about access, yes, but access and cost go hand in hand. Uh, and the candidates are making it about cost and if Senator McCain is out there making it about cost and the Democrats will be out there making it about cost, well, that's a pocketbook issue, and people vote on their pocketbook. What we're seeing right now, and this will change as the summer and into the fall uh, as it progresses, uh, economy is number one. Uh, gas prices are a major pocketbook. Uh, we call them kitchen table issues for Americans. And health is close second to gas prices. So it will be up there, and candidates will have to talk about it. Uh, we, the, the pollsters are saying, and their numbers are showing, that we haven't had an economic backdrop for an election like this since 1992, uh, an economy that was this bad, that's in recession, that's in downturn with health care costs rising as fast as they are. Uh 1992, there was an effort that was the year that there was an effort for a major health overhaul plan one that Senator Clinton was intimately involved in uh, and she was also intimately involved in this spectacular demise it fell flat on its face and, and uh, she, she walks around now saying she has the, the scars to prove it for the experience but, but, but it's interesting because 92 was the last time the numbers looked like this and 92 was the last time they really tried a major overhaul this is a reprise, we're there again uh, and there's almost no way with, uh, with employers, large and small, consumers, medical groups, everybody wants health care to be an issue. Everybody wants something done. It's not just people without insurance who want something done. The, the nation's largest employers are knocking on the door of their, uh, of their politicians and asking for major action here. So I, I think there's a lot of motivation. There's a lot of push from a lot of constituencies that want this at the top of the agenda.
0: Todd Zwille, thank you very much indeed for talking to The Lancet. Oh, it's my sincere pleasure. Todd Swillick concluding this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.